Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey! Roto Grinders presents your first word in daily fantasy sports. The Morning Grind, Stevie, TPFL, and company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's DFS slate. Without further ado, here's your host, Stephen Young. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto-Grinders Morning Grind podcast. I'm your host, Stevie, TPFL. It's Tuesday, it is July 23rd, it's 2019, and we have 15 baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. Joined by buddy Jordan Cooper, Blenderhead. How are you doing, my friend? Uh, not good after today's slate where I decided, although last week I was like, I'm going to get my money back with J.D. Martinez. And then I said, I think maybe I'll be a little too chalky. I'm not going to take him as a one-off. He ho- he homers. And then I have Yankees. And about five minutes later, Edwin Encarnacion grounds into a triple play. Yeah. Uh, well, I had both of those guys. So, um it would have been nice to have like you know the homers on both sides of things, but I don't know how my night's gonna end up. Like I played four Arizona bats in cash today, so I don't know if I'll end up getting there. But uh, it's not looking like it's gonna be a good night. I played Samson in cash; he has like four fantasy points right now. So I need the Arizona bats to have one more nice little spurt here um, to really get there. But see, I, 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 do, I do appreciate the fact that you use the vomit arm. It was SP2 was so ugly, and I was just like the bats that I could get with Samson over Richards, and I was just like, that's what I'm doing. But the, where I killed myself today, I loved Garrett Cole, and I ended up needing like three hundred dollars to because Mathis wasn't in the lineup. So instead of reworking my lineup, I took out Cole and put in Clevenger and paid up for like whoever was twenty four hundred a catcher. So Jeff Mathis was. Like you're gonna blame your 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 lack of success on not having Jeff Mathis available. That's, that's right. The first. No, when, the first time listening to the podcast, like Jeff Mathis, my favorite catcher in baseball, min salary catcher. Um, I'm obviously not kidding either. Like I I really do like punting catcher, but um, I, I should have reworked it. It was like six fifty. It was right before lock, and like I just I was lazy. I can't lie. Like that that's a hundred percent what it was. I was just I had just gotten done switching out all of my exposure to the Washington game. So like yeah. Anyway, we move on. We have a 15 game slate. If you guys haven't checked out our sponsor, make sure you head on over there, check them out. It is fantasydraft.com. Sign up through the Rotor Grinders links. That way you get three months of Rotor Grinders premium for fantasy draft. Um, once you make your first deposit and start playing over there. So if you have not checked them out, make sure you do so. 
Uh, let's get started here. We start with St. Louis at Pittsburgh. We have Dakota Hudson against Chris Archer, nine total. Um, any interest here in Dakota Hudson? Uh, not with the upside, even at 6.5K. Yeah, like there's just too many lefties in this lineup. He's a guy that's really struggled with lefties. 380 Woba against lefties this season. He's allowed a lot more home runs to left-handed bats. Um, you know, a 1.93 home run per nine to lefties and a 0.79 home run to righties. The the walk to strikeout ratio much better against righties against lefties too. So I think honestly, I just think there's too many left-handed bats in the Pirates lineup for me to have interest here in Dakota Hudson. Um, any interest in Chris Archer on the other side of this game? Well, I think pitching on this slate. If you it, hey, if I was able to play six pitchers on this slate, I'm down for it. It's it's a weird slate for for the summer because we've seen a lot of like heat waves on the East Coast and a lot of high totals. But for a 15 game slate, there are not many totals, implied totals above five, and we have a lot of 10K pitchers. So I think uh, Chris Archer uh, going against a very uh, righty-heavy Cardinals team at 7,500 on DraftKings is going to be a very popular SP2 option. I don't think he's a bad play either. Um, I think he's okay. Uh, I think there's some interesting ways to approach your sp2 today um like i i could see paying up for both pitchers today even though it's not worked too much this season i could see that strategy working today but i think archer's fine like you said you know he's a guy that has pitched way better at home than on the road this season i hate home road splits but when you're pitching in pnc obviously you're likely going to have a little bit better stats at home but Against righties this season, 27% K rate. Um, he's just struggled with home runs, and I think that's where this ballpark will certainly help him. And you mentioned it. This team just very right-handed heavy. So um, any interest in the Cardinals' bats here? Now, when I say this is a very interesting slate, you know I'm, I'm the king of the vomit stacks. And the DraftKings pricing has gotten on the bats for, for this slate to be fairly tight because I went through and, like, can I get a five-man stack under 20K? And there aren't really many reasonable options at all because, like, I'm thinking of a line of construction that has two 10K starting pitchers. But that's the only reason, only reason whatsoever, uh, that the Cardinals' bats are, you know, in my radar. Uh, actually, a second reason is that if Car if Archer is going to be popular as an SP2, like, I like attacking stacks against sp2s that are made could i mean could possibly be high variance and the price is here if you could fit in a dexter fowler or a colton wong and you could, you could get under 20k for the stack call colt goldschmidt is cheap at four four thousand if jose martinez is in the lineup he's 3700 so for the only reason that there really aren't like under 20k stacks available the cardinals kind of look appealing especially as a leverage play against a popular sp2 yeah, and like I said, Archer has been a guy that has struggled with home runs this season. Like we look at his home run per nine is over two to both sides of the plate, and it's over two at home. Like he's still struggling with home runs. Like we see his stats get a little bit better when he's pitching at home this season, but I think that you know the stack is certainly interesting if it's a stack you're wanting to like pay up for. And the interesting thing about the stack too is if you go Fowler, Goldie, O'Neill, DeJong, Wong. You're in that price range you were talking about. Plus, you're getting a two through six stack. So you're getting like a full on five man batting together and, you know, a top end pitcher as well. So certainly don't hate that idea. 
Uh, as far as the Pirates go, it's the lefties. It's Frazier, it's Bell, it's Moran, it's Dixon. Um, I, I want to target the lefties against Hudson. I don't know if I'd full-on stack them, but I don't mind. Like I always talk about this three-man. I like the three-man of Bell, Moran, Dixon a lot. No, or even if Adam Frazier is leading off at second base to fill that spot at 3,900. But uh, to, to, to stack the Pirates uh, at PNC against a fairly ground ball-ish type of pitcher on a 15-game slate, they'll be really low-owned because the Pirates typically are really low-owned. But I'm not all that appeal. it's not all that appealing to pay 4,600 for Brian Reynolds when I could pay 4,600 for Juan Soto. Colorado at Washington, eight and a half total here. Peter Lambert against Steven Strasburg. Strasburg's a 180 favorite. Um, right back to what me and Grant talked about yesterday. Zero interest in Peter Lambert. He sucks. Yeah, absolutely. Strasburg, on the other hand, is obviously in the equation. Uh, the Rockies are a horrible kind of team on the road unless they're playing against James Paxton when I roster him. But uh, but yeah, Strasburg's in the equation. The, the only problem we're going to see in the, the 10K range is that the popular play is going to be Chris Sale at 11K. So all the other options are leverage plays off of Sale, and there's so many of them that any one of them is fine, and if you want to try Strasburg against the Rockies, I wouldn't blame you. Yeah, he he's certainly a guy that I, I don't mind. You know, when we're looking at the stats on the season, he's been a guy that's He's been really good. Um, you know, his his issues are still, you know, leaving pitches over the plate every once in a while. But strikeout rate is there against lefties and righties, um, you know, over 29% on both, against both sides of the plate this season. So the upside is certainly there. You mentioned it, this team, a team that's much better at home than on the road. Um, obviously, it makes a ton of sense playing in cores. But um it's just one of those spots that I think Strasburg is a good tournament play, and um, I'll certainly have a little bit of exposure to him here. Um, Rockies bats, anything that you like here against Steven Strasburg? Other than the prices, I mean, I think Blackman and Story nearly five k. Uh, there, there are better plays elsewhere, but like I could just for the price three, four, five, six. If it's like Dahl, Arenado, Murphy, McMahon, Tapia, only because we get some some under four k uh, positional players that fill first, second, and third. But I mean, that would be they're they're not going to be much owned against Strasburg. So, like, yeah, Arenado at forty two hundred looks good. But I mean, the opportunity cost at third base on a fifteen game slate, like, I really don't want to attack Strasburg. Yeah, and the, you know, the obviously the other thing that's a little interesting here when we're looking at it is that three man of Arenado, Dahl, and Murphy. It's it's really cheap. Like, it's a Strasburg. It's against Strasburg, and you know, you never feel great about that but you know it's still at the end of the day it's it's still a matchup that we could potentially take advantage of um washington bats here against lambert it's the same guys that i liked yesterday for me it's soto it's adams it's turner it's rendon uh dozier is a guy that i really like lambert's a, a guy that gets a lot of ground balls dozier's a fly ball hitter just like um adams so a lot of these guys are fly ball hitters against this ground ball pitcher. So that's one of the reasons that I like this spot uh, for the Washington bats. Yeah. And they're actually much cheaper than you would expect against Lambert uh, in, in, in decent weather, I guess. I mean, 76 humid. Uh, I mean, Monsoto at 4,600 stands out to me because really in this matchup, he should be 5k. Rendon should probably be 5,500. Turner should be 5,000. I mean, they're a little underpriced that I think this is going to be a popular stack and, GPP uh, in, in lineups that have like one stud pitcher and like a vomit arm. 
Yeah, you know, I, I really like Dozier again. Like I said, I liked him yesterday. Uh, he was a cash game play for me until that lineup, like, you know, came out and or that game got postponed. So I uh, really like going back to the well there, and I like the price on Adams as well. Cleveland at Toronto, Trevor Bauer against Aaron Sanchez. Uh, what are we doing here with Trevor Bauer? Uh, he's 400 more than sale, and he'll probably be twice as less owned. But as I always say about Bauer, he has, he is the longest leech in, in the majors. So, like, if he's pitching well, like, he could put up a 40-point score and pitch eight. He could pitch a complete game against the Blue Jays, who, uh, I mean, if we take a look at the bottom of the lineup especially, like, there's a lot of strikeouts here. Uh, so, like, to me, when sale is 400 less, I think more people click there than Bauer. So, like, if Bauer ends up, like, under 15%, like I'm more likely to have double the field of them. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of a lot of ownership to sale, a lot of ownership to Paddock and Nola. Um, I think Bauer would kind of be forgotten about today. Ballpark downgrade going to Toronto. It's not the greatest ballpark in the world for pitchers. There's a lot of it, it's still a good ballpark for home runs. So obviously you worry about that with a guy that gives up a ton of hard contact and a ton of fly balls, but. 28% K rate, 12% swinging strike rate on the season. There's plenty of strikeouts in this lineup with these younger bats. Um, you know, we look at Vigio, Vlad, um, Gary L. They all strike out at high clips. Um, Gritchick is striking out at a high clip this season. So plenty of upside here. And like you said, T Terry Francona will let these guys go. So um, I don't hate it. You know, I, I think that honestly – any of the top five or six options is in play today. They're all really, really strong plays. So um, uh, it's the ownership game. I actually agree with you. Like I'm not typically a guy that like plays the ownership game. I just like playing, you know, spots. And it, you know, I think this is a spot you kind of play the ownership game in tournaments and cash games. You play Chris Sale. Um, Aaron Sanchez. Any interest in Sanchez here? Uh, he he averages negative points per outing. So no. <laughs> um <laughs> let's he, talk does. Bats. he really does <laughs> let's talk bats here for cleveland what do you like here with the indians i think kipnis is going to be a popular cash play at second base getting the platoon advantage against sanchez who is not a good pitcher uh and uh i could see uh the stack of i mean it's very hard to pay 5k for mercado but like the results speak for themselves. I mean, he has a ceiling, especially with stolen bases on top of power that he could put up a slate breaking score. So like, if I'm going to stack the Indians, I almost have to include him. But outside of that, I mean, you always have the, Hey, Roberto Perez under 4k alert. Where's the, where's the alarm for that? Uh, they're on the road. So I don't mind uh, the bottom of the order as much because they're guaranteed ninth inning at bats. So uh, against Aaron Sanchez, I mean, this could be a spot where, where I mean, this may I think this is the highest implied total on the slate with five point five for the Indians. So uh, you know, especially with Kipnis being so cheap at second base, you know, I don't I don't mind paying up a little bit too much as I would want for Mercado and uh, Santana at, at forty six hundred. But you know, compared to the Washington stack, if it's going to be less owned, uh, you know, I don't have a problem with it. Yeah, I think the Cleveland Saps stack is a top three stack today. You know, you mentioned Kipnis. All these guys really in play. There's a lot of ways that you can get creative with stacking this team, too. Because, um, like, the guys towards the bottom, Allen, Perez, Bowers, all have power. Um, you know, all those guys have ISOs that are, are really solid. So, you know, I, I think that you can get really creative on how you want to stack this team, too. So, 
Um, I always like that, uh, you know, when I'm looking to stack teams and to be different on a team that probably going to be pretty popular here today. Like you said, they have the highest implied total as of right now. The Braves are right there as well against Danny Duffy. They're they're up there as well. Um, kind of giving away my top stack, but we'll get there in a minute. Um, any interest in the Toronto bats against Bauer? Uh, you could always play one-offs against Bauer because, you know, he could have a lapse of, uh, you know, one inning where he walks too many people or gives up a dong or two. I'm more inclined to use the one-offs that fill, like, scarce positions. So, I mean, I'm, I don't consider Freddie Galvis to be the greatest of plays, but he's 3,600 and batting from the from from the left side, he actually does have a little bit of power. Or Kevin Biggio, if he bats fourth at second base for 3,600. But uh, the Blue Jays, even if I even if I think Bauer is going to have a bad outing, I just don't think it's going to be a bad enough where a, a full-on Blue Jays stack even pays off. All right, moving on. We got Boston at Tampa, seven and a half total. Chris Sale, Yanni Torino, Sale's a one sixty favorite. I missed Sale by a day. I'm going to the game on Wednesday, um, and I'm getting David Price instead of Chris Sale. So, missed Chris Sale by a day. Got to watch him pitch last year against Tampa. It was fun. Um, Chris Sale, you know this team when Tampa struggles, it's against left-handed pitching. He went out and he reminded us that he was Chris Sale last time out, and um, I see no reason not to play him in cash games. I think you can make a ton of arguments for, you know, how you want to get how much exposure you want to play him in tournaments. But I think he's your default SP one in cash games. It's the best match out. He's, he's getting a ballpark upgrade for for pitching. I mean, you, you can't get a better place to pitch than Tropicana pretty much. Uh, the, the, the Rays strike out a lot to lefties. I mean, like this is the best matchup that you could see for him uh, outside of ownership. I, I can't say anything else other than he has to be the top starting pitcher play on the slate um as far as trinos goes he's one of my favorite pitchers for tampa i just i'm not playing him in this spot um it, the red sox they there are some strikeouts towards the bottom of this order but they have one of the lower strikeouts and they have one of the highest walk rates in baseball so they just work pitchers and i just i hate playing pitchers against the red sox well until they price Torinos on DraftKings under like 7k i think he's unplayable in nearly any matchup so like at 8,400, I, I pass easily. Yeah, and like, I, I remember, like, I think it was like a month ago, um, he pitched in Fenway, and he absolutely dominated the Red Sox. So, I got, the upside's certainly there. If, just... if Adrian Wadger, whatever his name, could do <laughs> <Whoa> it. <laughs> if he can do it, anyone can. So, my dad and I co-manage our Rotor Grinder season-long baseball team. And he calls me today, and he's like, did you see we almost won top score of the week? I picked this Woji guy up, and he pitched against the Red Sox, and I was hoping he got 10 points, and he, like, almost scored 50. <laughs> right. Who, play, like, who plays the pitcher against a 7.7 implied run total? Hey, listen, it's season long, and we had to have a, a – we needed a 10th pitcher on the week, so um, he was the only one available. So, um. Boston bats. Anything that you like here for Boston? Uh, do I have to play JD Martinez now that I missed this home run? <laughs> Maybe it's a hot streak starting. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I think that honestly, this team's actually really good against sinkers, and I think that's one thing that always stands out to me when you're looking at guys against Chirinos. But they hit a lot of ground balls against sinkers, so. The guys that really stand out to me here is Ben Attendee. He's a guy that has a high fly ball rate against sinkers. And um, of all people, Jackie Bradley Jr. And I, I always like playing Jackie Bradley Jr. when like his batted ball profile kind of lines up because he's usually really cheap. 
um, and he's 3,600 today. Which I wish he was a little bit cheaper, but um, those are the two guys that like batted ball profile tell you to play, but all these guys have ISOs over 250 against sinkers, so there's some interesting plays here. Yeah, I think uh, based on the projected lineup, is Mitch Moreland going to be back? Yes, Mitch Moreland will be activated. He's another guy that's good against sinkers. Right, but he's 4,700 at first base. Uh, that may be low-owned yeah. because uh, he's coming back, but uh, you know, I'm looking at from a stack perspective, like Boston only has a 4.3 implied run total, and the prices are like most of these guys are over 5K. Like I'd rather go in other spots on a 15-game slate than than take the Red Sox here. Yeah, this is really quickly pulling up. Even on Fandle, Mitch Moreland's 3,200. Like that's a lot more doable, but he's not really getting that like discount for being out for a very long time. But Andrew Benintendi at 3,200 is really standing out to me on Fandle. Um, Tampa bats. I got nothing. I will play zero Tampa bats here. I mean, you could always make a case that they'll be 1% down. And if you're going to do that, I think you do it. If Travis Darno is leading off, uh, and, and cause he fills a catcher spot and it could be one of those days. It seems like Travis Darno, it's either he scores 50 DraftKings points or zero. And maybe today's the day that he has 50. San Diego at New York kicking on the Mets. Eight and a half total. Chris Paddock, Jason Vargas. Um, Paddock's only a 128 favorite here. Um, any interest in the young righty? Uh, at his pitch count, he's not pitched over 100 pitches in any start this year. I mean, I like the matchup against the Mets, but uh, when we have so many uh, starting pitchers at 10K or above, like he has to be so absurdly efficient. Or the other 10K options have to all get shelled for it, for it to be worth it to roster him at 10-3 at on DraftKings. So, like, compared to Bauer, who could pitch 120 pitches, like, I'm not getting a discount. If Paddock was, like, 9K, I'd think about it a little bit more. But with the pitch count issues, like, it, it's not a cash play and it's not even a GPP play because, like, it's already priced in. Yeah, um... There's just too many pitching options today to take a guy that's kind of limited in pitches. I think it's a phenomenal matchup. Um, it has nothing to do with the matchup. I think that if Babip is on his side here, like he pitches seven really strong innings against the Mets and could be a difference maker. But there's just so many ways that he could get not get there for DFS purposes with all these guys priced in this range. So like that's my biggest issue on Paddock. I think it, like if I was going to play Paddock, I where I could get a discount is probably Fandle. Like he's he's cheap enough that I get a discount, but still like seven hundred dollars for you know sale over Paddock. I just I go up to sale and find that seven hundred bucks almost every time. Um, Vargas here. I I don't like this matchup for Vargas. I know he's been remotely decent this season, but there are a lot of right-handed power bats in this lineup, and I I, I think this is a really bad spot for Vargas. It doesn't Vargas do well in the spots that you don't think he's going to do well. Uh, probably like <laughs> right? chalk Vargas never works out. And you know, when he's in a terrible spot like this one, he, he's probably going to go put up 30. Well, I could see with the, the probable roster construction and like a cash ish type of lineup would be like sale plus Archer or Vargas or someone in this range. So I could, I could see you take a look at the name value of the Padres and people think they're horrible I, I could see Vargas getting some ownership, but this is Jason Vargas has like voodoo magic. So like he could, he could pitch horribly. He could pitch amazingly. So, and it never seems like he gets blown up or anything. So like, I couldn't call you crazy for rostering him for 
6,600 on DraftKings, but I could also call you crazy for rostering him for 6,600 on DraftKings. Wouldn't you just rather go down to like a Dylan Covey or something? Oh, like, Jesus, no. Oh, I, I'm at the vomit arms, but Dylan Covey takes the cake. <laughs> He's facing the Marlins, though. Like, oh, okay, so that that's uh, this is when you play. The, I played the Marlins against uh, what Ivan Nova, and he put up like a Cy Young performance. So who knows? 30, what can happen. thirty plus fantasy points. I, I faded Nova and played some Marlins too. Um, San Diego bats. I like a lot of these bats here, like Tatis, Margot, Margot, probably my least favorite. Machado, Renfro, Reyes. Like, but if I'm gonna if I'm gonna run a four man, I'll throw Margot in there just because. Um, you you probably don't like it. You had to use a lot of your outfield positions to make this stack work. That's right. That's why I think the key the key guy in this whole lineup is Francisco Mejia if he's in or Hedges or whoever. You get a nice cheap catcher in that stack. But it it it's whether or not I I have to if I I was thinking about stacking the Padres for this slate and maybe I will. But whenever I decide whenever I click five names in, uh, I I hear Big T in my ear going, "You never stack against Vargas." Don't you learn? You never stack against Vargas. So uh, I'll have to decide uh, late tomorrow afternoon on whether or not I actually heed Big T's advice. Man, I I, I don't know. I, I don't like stacking against him either, but Reyes being 3,900 is just ridiculous. Like the guy has so much power and he's a guy that strikes out a ton against this low strikeout pitcher or average strikeout pitcher, however you want to call it. Um, Machado's just been so great against lefties. Renfro has been great against ref lefties. Like, I don't know. I'm I, with I definitely you. I'm like with you. I'm with, trust me, I'm with you. But I I don't I don't want that Danny McBride gift coming my way from Big T. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tony Tony gets those giblets. That's for sure. Um, any interest in the Mets bats here against Paddock? I mean, I you always have Robinson Cano there, thirty one hundred at second base, but with Kipnis at thirty six hundred, I see no need for it, and I typically don't target against Paddock anyway. You know, I, I think you could play Conforto; he's really cheap. If you want two as a one off, I think you could play Alonzo because you could play Alonzo against anybody, but um, probably not my cup of tea. Philadelphia at Detroit, Aaron Nola, Matt Boyd, eight total. Nola is a one forty two favorite. We love right-handed pitching against Detroit. Is Nola like the best pivot off of sale today? I was just going to say that and I, I'm most interested on this slate to, to figuring out what the projected ownership of Nola is going to be because the lower he gets, the more I want him. Yeah, I I will try to do everything I can to play straws or to play sale and Nola in cash games today. I don't know how do you do that? Make... You can't fit people in. I don't know how anyone does that. Jeff Mathis, man. Oh, okay. Jeff. He's the I'm king. You. I forgot. Oh, oh. 2K. Molly's <laughs> 2K today, too, but I'd much rather have Jeff Mathis in there um, not facing Trevor Bauer. So, oh. <laughs> I, you, You'd think I'd be the one that's a, a vomit catcher. Why wouldn't I? I'm, I'm all for the vomit catcher, but typically he's in my stack. So it's like if I play Jeff Mathis, it's like, what other four Rangers do I want to play? So it's like <laughs> to me, that's that's the, that's the issue. So it's like if I want to play Nationals, I hope Jan Gomes in the lineup so I can get that zero. So so I, I'm with you with the vomit catcher, but it, it's going to be very hard to have like Sale Nola or two 10K. I mean, you're gonna have it, it's going to be not just a vomit stack, but vomit one offs as well. Yeah, um, there's a. I hate punting third base, but there's a 2K player at third base too. Like if he's in the lineup, he's another guy 
that he's been absolutely crushing at AAA. So if he's in the lineup, like he makes it a little bit easier too. So um, Zach Green, we'll we'll talk about that when we get there. But anyway, um, Matt Boyd here. You know, the other side of this game, Philly is not a team that typically strikes out a ton. They have a 16% strikeout rate against left-handed pitching this season. We know Matt Boyd um, when we're looking at it has one of the highest. K rates on the slate. Um, what are we doing here with Matt Boyd? Uh, to me, it's all ownership. I mean, he has as much upside as any of the 10 K pitchers. Uh, so uh, I could see throwing him into the mix, but I mean, I'd much rather play Nola against the Tigers than Boyd against the Phillies, but that doesn't mean I'm anti Boyd. It's just that there's so many other options. Fair enough. Um, Phillies bats. Anything standing out to you here for Philly? Uh, Hoskins, real Muto. I mean, Hoskins, cause he's a righty. I mean, boy, but like I've always said, Boyd could have 10 strikeouts, six innings pitch and two home runs given up. And so he could put up a great score and two Phillies guys could still do well. So I'm typically going to target the righties against him and uh real Muto at 3,600 fills a catcher spot. But I mean, I, I, I don't see stacking them whatsoever. Uh, yeah. Hoskins, real Muto. That's really it with Kingery's price kind of still floating a little high, in my opinion. Um, I know he's having a good season. I guess he's down to 4,100. I thought it said 47 when I first glanced at it, but Hoskins at 4K makes a ton of sense here. Um, Detroit, anything? You could always make a case for a Kristen Stewart one-off at 3,400, but outside of that, no. We shall move on. We move on to Kansas City at Atlanta. Danny Duffy, Dallas Keuchel, nine total. Um, Duffy, any interest in him? Not in Atlanta, no. No, like I said, I think Atlanta is my favorite stack today, so zero interest for me in Duffy. Dallas Keuchel. I don't like playing Dallas Keuchel. I think he has very, very limited upside. He's not a big strikeout guy. He's going to go out and he's going to get ground balls. Is this a spot that we could potentially get like 15 to 20 from Dallas Keuchel as an SP2 and it makes sense because there's not a ton of cheap pitching on the slate? Well, I mean, from a GPP perspective, I'd much rather play Archer or even Vargas because like on it's a 15-game slate. There are 30 pitchers and Dylan Covey is one of them. Dallas Keuchel has the lowest strikeout rate of all 30 pitchers. So I know the Royals are not a good team and they're going to be playing without a DH. But at 7,200, like his upside is like 18 points. So like I I could, if you want to tell me that like you're going to play him in cash because you think he's safer, I get it. But outside of that, like I I can't see pairing him up with, with, with any 10K pitcher and getting bats that I want that I'd rather just go down and take some 5K, 4K, 5K pitcher and just hope for the best. Yeah, fair enough. I like, I don't like playing him, so I like when people talk me off of him. Um, you know, especially on an upside thing. But I think like if you're paying up for a sale and you don't want to take, you know, maybe some of these two K punts, I think that I think Keiko's okay for cash games today. And I never feel great about recommending him just in general because I don't like playing him, but. I think this is a spot he gets you 15 and he has the upside to maybe get 20 if he picks up the win. Um, he's just going to induce a ton of ground balls here and just, you know, kind of just cruise. Um, yeah. Uh, again, I, I don't like it, but it makes a little bit of sense. Uh, what are we doing here with the Kansas City bats? 
I mean, you could always play a one-off of like Dozier or Solaire because they, they get it fly balls at least, but they're kind of overpriced, 4,700, 4,600. And the only other guy would be that if you want to vomit shortstop, if he's in the lineup, Roberto Artiega is 2,100. So they're going to try to make that two 10K pitcher type of lineup. And I'm not, I'm not a big fan of a guy like that as a one-off, but he's 2,100. And if you're going to fit your catcher, in with like a five man stack and just completely punt shortstop and hope for the best there. I, I wouldn't call you crazy. Yeah. I never hate doing that either, uh, but um, Atlanta bats, like I said, I think they're my favorite stack today. Um, they're definitely going to be my highest exposure in tournaments that I know. Um, I'm kind of hoping that like, they're not the cheapest stack. Like by any means, they're really priced up. And when we're looking at roster construction today, I don't know what to really expect as far as ownership goes on these guys. But I really love this stack today. Well, I think they're going to go under owned. If you if you like it, I think then go for it because people uh, stray away from Freeman in the lefty lefty matchup. Acuna is fifty seven hundred on DraftKings, so that's going to scare some people away. I think the the best option. Only because positionally that'll work out that I could play as a one-off is like Dansby Swanson at 4,400 because he fills a shortstop spot. But I think uh, the st- the stack is definitely in play with a 5.4 implied run total in Atlanta. So I mean, go for it. I mean, I not, wouldn't necessarily put Marcakis in there, but I could see like a one, two, three, four, six with Albies to fill that spot. That will be you know off the beaten path from like the Nationals or the Indians. Be a great day for them to give Marcakis a day off and throw um, Camargo out in the outfield. That would be fantastic because um, he's a guy that's very good against lefties and he's 3,400, and that would make the stack a little bit easier too. So Marcakis needs a day off, right? Like he's a, he's an old dude and he needs a day off. Um, yeah, I, 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 I just – I really like this stack. Like I, there's a lot to like for me on this stack. So, um, yeah. We're not the first to say it. Sometimes we need vacation from our vacation. Delayed flights, hotels, chatty travel companions. Get away for two minutes twice a day with Quip. Their wireless electric toothbrush is a lightweight and compact, so it packs away easily in your tote or carry-on when you're overstuff your luggage. It happens to all of us. Don't worry. Plus, the time sonic vibrations give you a meditative break from the jam-packed itinerary, even if it's just between moving from the hammock to the pool chair. When it's finally time to go home, keep staycationing with a fresh and clean, simple health routine. The built-in two-minute timer pulses every 30 seconds to remind you when to switch sides and help you to clean your mouth evenly. Up to 90% of us don't brush our teeth for a full two minutes or don't clean evenly and that's what this toothbrush is helping us with quip is one of the first electric toothbrushes accepted by the american dental association they're backed by over twenty-five thousand dental professionals and they have thousands of verified five-star reviews one of the reasons i love quip is i'm always on the road so i actually love this toothbrush it really helps me slow down like it just said and um you know, it's something that I, I can take on the road with me, and it's very easy to travel with, and the battery lasts forever. And by forever, I mean it's supposed to last about three months, and I've had mine for about five months, and I have not yet had to switch it. But that's why I love Quip. 
Quip starts at just $25. If you go to getquip.com slash rotogrinders right now, you can get your first refill pack for free. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash rotogrinders. We move on to the 8 o'clock games. We start with Cincinnati at Milwaukee, 9.5 total. Tanner Rorick, Zach Davies, um, any interest here in Rorick? Uh, against the lefties in the Milwaukee lineup now. Yeah, Rorick, 413, Woba, 237 ISO. Average hit distance over 200 against lefties this season. Probably a spot to stay away from him here. Uh, Zach Davies, you know, he's another guy that struggles with lefties. He struggles with strikeouts. Um, any interest in Davies? Outside of like, uh, sure, take a shot. You know, I did it the last time. Seven innings pitch, no strikeouts, but he got the win. So he had 14 points. So, uh, I mean, the Cincinnati lineup isn't uh, all that uh, intimidating. So, I mean, I wish he, I actually wish he was cheaper than 5,800, but uh, it's very similar to like Dallas Keuchel. It's like you're playing him to like avoid a landmine than to get like a 20 plus point score. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I'll end up like I love game stacking this series. I absolutely love the Cincinnati Milwaukee series. It's one of those one of those series that every time they're playing against each other, it just seems like there's a lot of runs scored. So I like to game stack it. So I don't think I'll be up on like Davies. Like, um, what are we doing here with the Cincinnati bets? I, I would have wanted to play them, but I think they're just too expensive for compared to the other teams on the slate. Suarez at forty eight hundred, Puig at forty six hundred, uh, Winker at forty one hundred. I'm, I'm I'm expecting Winker at thirty six. I'm expecting Vado at thirty four. I mean, you always have Scooter Jeanette in the middle of the lineup, but who knows if he's going to play? Who knows if he's going to be get pinch hit for or whatever? So like, like I'm I, even though Zach Davis doesn't get many strikeouts, like he also doesn't give up that much hard contact. So like, I wouldn't call you crazy for using a one off of any of these guys, but it's not a game I'm really attacking. Yeah, like uh, I'm gonna keep playing Scooter. I'm gonna I'm gonna get that first home run. It's gonna happen unless he gets sent down before it happens. Um, I'm gonna get that first home run. But yeah, I'm approaching this more like a game stack. Suarez, um, Puig, those type of guys. Um, even though they're righty righty matchups, and Davies is better against righties. Uh, they profile well against Davies. As far as the Milwaukee side of things, love the lefties here: Yelich, Grandal, Mustakas, Thames. Ryan Braun should be back in the lineup. Uh, he flew out to California and was attending Skaggs' funeral on Monday, so he should be back here. I'm a little concerned with Braun if he is in the lineup. That That's just a lot of travel in one day to come back and play, but, hey, you never know. The, the problem I have with the Braves, is uh, the Brewers, is that it's such an obvious spot that maybe they're going to be a little over-owned for a 15-game slate because, I mean, it's just Yelich, Grandal, Moustakas, Thames, Throwing Kane, throwing, I mean, Bruns 4,700. I mean, Kesson here is 5,400. I don't know who's going to play him, but you could always so throw awesome. him into a stack. I just like Rourke is so bad to lefties that I think a lot of people notice that. So I'm more inclined to use these guys as one offs than stack them because I just, I just think that the stack in combination is just going to, I mean, we're not going to know until we see a projected ownership uh, later, but. Like that to me, that's my only concern. It's not the spot. It's just that that I, I think it's it's obvious. It, if you play this stack, you can't play the Nationals. You can't play the Indians. Like you you you're paying up for a spot that's very obvious. Uh, we talked about punting shortstop Saladino. Um, if Harris out of the lineup again, he he's like twenty nine hundred. 
Um, Hera is like one of the hottest hitters in baseball. It's like in, incredible what he's done over the last like you know eight to ten games. Like he's been like scorching hot. Um, him and Kettle Marte have just been. Oh, they're just on fire. Miami at Chicago taking on the White Sox. Caleb Smith, Dylan Covey. Um, Caleb Smith's a slight favorite here. Any interest in Smith? I normally would because it's against the the White Sox, but uh, I, I'm I like the White Sox prices on their bats more than I like Caleb Smith's price at 9400. But if Smith is under eight percent, under six percent owned, or something like that, I could see having some of him. It's just that. I can't see playing him with a sale. It's it's he would be your SB one, and uh, I I I like the Sox prices to get two 10K pitchers more than I like Smith. Yeah, and the, the thing that's interesting about Caleb Smith, you know, anytime you're you're a pitcher pitching in like a ballpark like Miami, I like to look at his home road splits, and like he has pretty drastic home road splits, so. I don't think this is a spot I would necessarily play a lot of Caleb Smith if I was playing him. Um, you know, he kind of struggles with power righties too, and they do have some power righties here. So um, probably going to be a stay away spot for me on Smith. Dylan Covey on the other side of this game, he's terrible. Um, 6.27 XFIP, 12% strikeout rate, 11% walk rate. Um, but... When we do look at his stats, he's a little bit better against righties. 277 Woba, 149 ISO. His hit distance is smaller because he generates more ground balls against righties. He is not good. He has been demoted to the bullpen. He's going to start here. He hasn't pitched uh, a full game you know, since the, the 5th of June. Worry about the pitch count a little bit. Um, he's 4.6K going up against the Marlins. I'm more just in the Marlins bats. <laughs> I'm not saying that I won't have any exposure to Dylan Covey today. Um, you know, if I'm looking at, you know, getting a, a top end stack, I, I might have a team or two with Covey. If I'm going to play Samson, I'm going to play Covey. Like, uh, you know, it's, it's the year of the bats. Uh, Miami bats, you know, outside, outside of Cooper, I can play just about any of these guys, but Cooper, even though he's probably the best hitter in this lineup, I, I can't pay 4.9K for him. Well, you know how, how we talked about on a 15-game slate, how few teams have over a five-run implied total? Well, one of those teams is the Marlins. They, they're currently <laughs> at a five-implied run because it's Dylan Covey. Who, what, what else would it be? Yeah, it's our boy so I take a, I take a look. I, I, I know I, I, I use the Quip toothbrush to wipe out and clean my mouth after playing all these vomit stacks. So I'm going to break it out tomorrow because, you know, most of these, Walker 3,600, Castro 3,700, Granderson 3,500, Alfaro 3,800. Like I can, even if I don't play Cooper, I could still play a five man Marlin stack uh, on the road, guaranteed ninth inning at bats. And uh, even if I do want to play Cooper, I mean, it'd be at ex the expense of a more expensive one-off, but at, I mean, it's a ballpark upgrade for the to, to the Marlins, and it's not like Dylan Covey is Ivan Nova, so I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> oh, man, Ivan Nova. I just, I just, man. Um, and the Marlins get a DH, so, you know, there is that, which probably will be Granderson, which is good because he probably won't get pinch hit for. Uh, White Sox bats. I like Abreu. I like McCann. I like the beef. Um, 
those are probably my three favorite bats, but I, I could see playing some of these bats. Um, you know, it's Caleb Smith has struggled on the road and, you know, they do have a little bit of pop in this lineup. Right. The, the key bats to me for this stack are Wellington Castillo at 2,800 catcher eligible. And amazingly enough, even though he's horrible, Jose Rondon, who's second and shortstop eligible at 2,100. So this seems like the type of stack uh, which is cheaper than the Marlins that you could get away with potentially playing two 10 K starting pitchers. The problem with the, well, with Castillo win is if both McCann and Castillo are in, it's going to be kind of hard because you have to pick one of the two. Uh, but I mean, a Bray with 3,900 against, uh, against lefty who does, you know, have hard hit problems. Uh, seems like, seems like a slam dunk to me. I would have expected him to be slightly higher. I don't mind playing Mankata at 4,300. I don't necessarily mind playing Larry Garcia at the top of the order at 3,900. So I think there's, I mean, the bottom of the order is horrific, but uh, putting together, I could put together a stack that's, that's under 19 K and uh, you know, they have a 4.6 implied run total, which is higher than the Red Sox and the Red Sox are like 24 K to stack. Um, fair enough. We move on. Oakland at Houston, nine and a half total fires. Miley, Miley, a one fifty four favorite here. Um, any interest in Mike fires? Uh, not against the Astros offense. Definitely not. Yeah, no real interest for me. Fire's been a little bit better this season, but he's another guy that has been pretty drastic when it comes to home road splits and it makes a ton of sense pitching in Oakland. Um, Wade Miley on the other side of this game. I'm a Wade Miley fan, but this team, this Oakland team against lefties has one of the lowest strikeout rates in baseball this season. I just don't think I can pull the trigger on Wade Miley today. And he's always overpriced. He's similar to Yanni Torino. So like eight point, you know, 8,000 on DraftKings. It's like he doesn't have enough upside for that price that I, I, I'd, I'd rather just go down to, I'd, Hey, I'd rather take a shot at Dylan Covey at 4,600 than pay 8k for what? 17 points. Maybe. Now we're getting somewhere. Now we're getting somewhere. Um, I, I hate stacking against Wade Miley ever since this like newfound cutter that he started throwing towards the end of last year. He just doesn't give up a ton of home runs. I think you can make a case for Chapman or Kana. Um, they're just guys that crush left-handed pitching that just don't strike out very often. So you can make an argument there for some of these bats. Um, you know who I'm going to mention? Chris Davis. Of course. Hey, hey, if JD Martinez hit one today, that means Chris Davis hits once tomorrow. Is that the way it works? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, he's still really cheap facing the lefty. He's had two extra base hits in, in what? 45 at bats, 45 games. It's one of the two. And it seems like 45 games. So, uh, so, I mean, obviously as the platoon advantage, he's on the road. So, you know, you get the ninth inning at bat potential expectation, whatever. I mean, I don't want to pay 5K for Raymond Laureano. So, I mean, I, I I don't stack against Miley as well, but, I mean, taking any of the righty bats is, is one-off. I mean, just that Chris Davis is 3,600, and the other guys are 4,500 or above. I get the MLB updates on my phone from at-bat, and, like, I thought it was really – I was, like – I had to, like, double-take that Laureano was, like, one of the uh, players of the week last week or something along those lines. Oh, he's been hitting the ball – I mean, he's great. He should be, probably should be 5K. Yeah, I guess I just totally missed the boat on that one, so I'm not going to start playing him now. <laughs> like, <laughs> I did not realize he was hitting the ball that well. Um, I'll be honest. I don't watch a lot of Oakland baseball games. So, 
Um, let's go bats on the Houston side of things. They do have a, a really solid implied total here. Um, Alvarez just keeps crushing. Um, I love this dude. Like he's quickly becoming one of my favorite play, like baseball players in general. Yeah. I look at the, the Astros side. The problem with fires is that like he gives up home runs, but he never really gets shelled. So like at these prices for the Astros, like I'm not all that, that inclined to stack them, but any of them is, I mean, literally any of them, obviously if, if Max Stassi's in, you get the cheap $2,300 catcher. But uh, I mean, I have no problem with literally, I mean, any Altuve, cause he fills a second base spot Bregman at five K he can fill your shortstop spot. I mean, any of the outfielders, I mean, you could make a case for, you could play one, you could play two, you could play three, but uh, the, the way that fires tends to pitch, like I, I, I don't see the the Astros, you know, just blowing them up for eight runs in four innings. Yeah, a little bit of revenge, right? Like he pitched with the Astros last year. Um, little little revenge, right? No, do you do you play the whole uh, revenge narrative? Is thing? this his first time playing coming back to Houston? Though I'm pretty sure this is his first time coming back. To Houston. Oh, okay, well then, then, then maybe it makes a little bit a little bit more sense. I mean, I <laughs> I don't play narratives whatsoever, but at least give me a revenge narrative when it's his first time. I don't. I, we have like Alan Lem who always has like narrative <laughs> alert, and it's like, oh, he's coming back. It's like he hasn't played for them in five years, and they played like. 17 times since like it's the revenge eventually wears itself out there's regression to revenge so i had to make sure the thing that i love like for just you know in general like i like a pitcher that's coming back that's facing his old team and facing the catcher i love playing the catcher like there's nobody that has seen him more than his catcher that used to catch him but don't worry about that with houston because trinos wasn't there last year but just saying Yankees twins 10 total Herman against Gibson uh pick'em game Domingo Herman in a pick'em game against Minnesota oh how times have changed um any interest here in Herman uh this game uh as as a game total has the highest run total so uh at 9700 there's I'd, I'd rather play Boyd at 9900 Nola at 10-1 like against the 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 twins lineup I mean I don't like playing German even in decent matchups, so I'm not going to play him here. Yeah, there's just so many options today that I don't have to take him here against the Twins. And I know, like, he has the upside. He he does. It's just, it's the same argument that you that we can make with Paddock. We can make with uh, Domingo Herman. Like, they are not going to let him throw a lot of pitches ever since he's come back. Like no chance like that. He breaks a hundred pitches here now. And then Kyle Gibson on the other side. I mean, all you have to say is he's facing the Yankees and then I'm done. <laughs> Kyle Gibson. He's been decent this season, but he is facing the Yankees. Um, DJ LeMay, stayed hot, hit another home run on Monday. Um, what are we doing here with the Yanks? Uh, the best bat that I see only cause he fills a, a, a scarce position is Gregorius. Assuming he'll be in the lineup. Uh, batting lefty for 3,900. I mean, you could always make the case to playing. I mean, Gary Sanchez has now been priced down, but if, you have, if, if you've watched the Yankees play for the past week, I mean, he's swinging as bad as Chris Davis. So, I mean, you're getting a discount on him at catcher if you want to pay up there, but I'm not sure catcher is a pay up spot with all these top 10 K plus starting pitchers. But outside of that, like I, I'm not Gibson is a ground ball pitcher. So like you, you're going to, you're going to need fly ball type hitters. And I, do I really want to pay 5,300 for judge on the road? 
Do I want to pay forty nine hundred for Encarnacion? I mean, you can, but I, I I see them as one offs and definitely not a stack. Really like Didi. He's a five ball hitter. Uh, you kind of talked about it. Um, you know, Gibson more of a ground ball pitcher. Sanchez. I watched a couple of his at bats today and um, or on Monday, and he's just he's struggling right now. I couldn't agree more. Um, and then I don't ever hate E five. He's a fly ball hitter. Um, with a really good air distance against right-handed pitching, you know he hits a lot of home runs against righties. So don't hate E five. Um, Minnesota bats, I probably don't play them here, but I could see them being potentially low owned in this spot. No, I like the Twins against German. The only problem is it got outfield, outfield out. I mean, like Cruz Rosario Kepler. Uh, so like it's very hard to stack without playing all three of them. But uh, the prices are reasonable. I mean, Jermon does does have a fly ball rate. So, uh, like, I could see playing any of these guys as one-offs or a two- or three-man. If Sano's batting higher up in the lineup, batting fifth at 4,300, uh, I mean, you, Pol- Polanco would be my favorite only because he fills a shortstop spot. But I, I don't think this is that bad of a spot at these prices. If they were a little bit more expensive, I wouldn't be saying that. Um, Yeah. Let's move on. Uh, Baltimore, Arizona, Dylan Bundy, Merrill Kelly, nine total. Um, any interest here in Dylan Bundy? I mean, coming back from the IL, is he going to have like a like a pitch count going into it? Is he going to be watched in some way? I mean, I don't want to play him even if he is. So, I mean, but it's 6K. I mean, he has to. I mean, this is a guy that, that was at times priced at, what, 9K. And I'm not all that scared about the Diamondbacks lineup in Arizona with the roof closed. I mean, I know the Diamondbacks have a 5.1 implied run total, but I mean, he's 6K and like, am I going to play Dylan Bundy for upside or play Zach Davis for upside? I'm probably going to play Bundy. But the problem is, uh, do do you have any clue on like, is he going to be limited in any way? I doubt it. He only missed one start. So with the all-star break and how everything fell, he only missed one start. So I I think he'd throw his normal, you know, 90-ish pitches, 90-ish pitches here. Well, then I don't, I mean, at 6K, you, I mean, I mean, look at who's in that range. So, I mean, yes, he's someone that could go out and give you negative 13 on DraftKings, but he's also someone that could give you 25. So I, I think I, I, for a guy that's going to pitch 90, 90 pitches that has some strikeout potential, we have some of the guys in the at the Diamondbacks lineup, like Walker or Lamb, or, or it depends on who's in, have decent enough strikeout rates. Their prices are very expensive. I'm probably not going to play the Diamondbacks. Like, I, I don't think it's that crazy to play Bundy and GPP. Yeah, I, I don't hate the idea. I, I do think that I'll probably have a few Arizona stacks today just because this bullpen's terrible. And if Bundy gets blown up, he usually gets blown up. So, you know, I, I could see both ways of this. Um, one guy that I, I don't really hate, but I don't love, if Merrill Kelly was cheaper here, I would I would probably have some exposure to him. I don't think I am fully rolling out playing him at seventy three hundred. Um, and I hate Merrill Kelly. I'm not a Merrill Kelly fan. I like to stack against this guy. I'm not a, I'm not a fan. I think he stinks. But it just it makes a little bit of sense on this slate. Like you said, the roof is going to be closed here, and I'm just I'm not too worried about like I'm just not scared of this Baltimore lineup. Like I can go out and pitch against this team. Did you notice that like this? this pitching duel is like married with children. The matchup is Kelly Bundy. 
uh, yeah, <laughs> that was good. That was good. I, I don't think I've ever had a married with children reference on the podcast before. So no, I, I just noticed that Kelly Bundy. Uh, but but oh, by the way, I love yeah. the Orioles, but I wish uh, Mancini wasn't forty seven hundred. So like right. I, I just like the the price. I mean Merrill Kelly it stinks, and he gives yeah. up contact. He doesn't have that high of a strikeout rate. Uh, I mean Baltimore is horrible also, but I mean I don't want to pay. It's kind of weird that Francisco is the same price as Gary Sanchez. So that kind of doesn't make any sense. I don't want to pay forty four hundred for Santander, but I mean I don't know what this. I want to see Hanser Alberto higher up in the order. Like if we if we it depends on the price. Like I see a a, a path. That they put out a lineup. Dwight Smith Jr.'s thirty seven hundred. I see a path to an under like nineteen k stack that isn't in the worst of spots. Fair enough. Um, Arizona bats. What are you doing here with Arizona? Now they're always so so expensive. I know the case is that Bundy sucks and the bullpen sucks. So obviously you, you can play any of these guys, but I mean, paying you paying three hundred more for Jared Dyson than you are for Juan Soto. That just it doesn't that doesn't make any sense to me. So I, I, yes, you can, but you're paying up and you're going to get lower ownership because of it. Uh, but it's they're they're always so they're so I could see one off sure, but I can't pay fifty five hundred for Marte and fifty three hundred for Escobar. Like if they were on the road in in Colorado, like those would be the prices. So I'm like, I can't pay that in Arizona. Yeah, I like stacking Arizona. Nobody likes to stack this team, and maybe it's the price thing, and it's really hard to make it work. But um, I always roll out a few Arizona stacks and matchups like this. The, the Baltimore bullpen is just so bad that if they're just able to get to Bundy a little bit here, and he only throws like four or five innings, like. That bullpen is just so atrocious that I I love to attack this bullpen. And that's one of the reasons I love to stack against Baltimore. Cubs and Giants, seven and a half total. You Darvish, Madison, Bumgarner, pick them game. Uh, Any interest here in Darvish? I have interest in both pitchers, but it's just this slate is just that, like, I'm more inclined for, like, the vomit stacks to instead of stacking two 10K pitchers, take one of the 10 K guys. And then one of these two guys to get an extra like thousand dollars, just so I don't have to play in Humberto Artiega at shortstop or something like Jeff Mathis at catcher. Uh, I, I don't have to do that. Uh, but I think the, both these guys may go under own because I don't think many people can make that lineup work, nor would want to use Darvish or Bumgarner as their SB one with all the other options on the slate. Yeah, like I played Mills yesterday, you know, on Monday. Um, I was really mad that he got taken out at, you know, 71 pitches. He obviously didn't score enough. At, I think he scored like 11 points or something. I, I don't hate Darvish here. Um, it's just, it comes down to like a price point thing. Like he's 92. If he was 82, 72, like, I'm a lot more interested, I guess. Like, I just, I don't know how much Darvish I end up playing just because of the price is my. Right. For 900, for 900 more, you could get Nola. For 700 more, you could get Boyd. I mean, but you can't say that this is a bad, I mean, he's in San Francisco. Oh, it's a great matchup. Right. So, I mean, both these teams have a 3.8 run total. So, like, playing Darvish against the. The crappy uh, Giants lineup. We're playing bum. I mean, yes, the Cubs have a better lineup, but the the bats that I'm most worried about are probably Rizzo and Schwarber. But I mean, 
that's AT&T like like it mitigates so much power that like am I that scared of Baez or Bryant like the fly balls turn into fly outs so like Bumgarner I mean he could go out and for 9k give you 28 points and so could Darvish yeah the, I think I like Darvish more than I like Bumgarner um, I think Darvish has a little bit more ceiling. Darvish, you know, he's always had, like, even this season, he still has that good strikeout stuff. It's just his biggest biggest thing has been walks, and he's been able to pitch a little bit better recently. Um, you know, I, I don't know if it's because, um, you know, have they been mixing up the catcher combination or what with Contreras kind of banged up. Maybe is that why Darvish is not walking as many people or something along those lines? I don't know. Um but yeah, I, I don't really love Bumgarner here. I think Bumgarner could pitch really solid here. I just there's just very very limited. I guess it's not too limited. He's a guy that can go for thirty fantasy points, especially at home. Could have a really good outing here. I like to play him at home. I I guess maybe I'm talking myself on playing him more. I just I'll, to I'll, me, I'll, it's, I'll to me it's an ownership thing. Like if Bum, if you tell me, like if I told you that Bumgarner in this spot will be six percent owned. Doesn't he become much more appealing than if I tell you that he's 16% owned? Sure. Yeah, for sure. I'll tell you one thing. I'm not playing any bats from this game. Zero bats. Not one. You can make a case for Bally as a shortstop to fill that spot. Sure, you can. Robo Garcia, 3,500 at second base. But this would be that, like, if if take a power bat with the platoon advantage in a in a crappy, you know, position. Like, I'm not paying 4800 for Alex Dickerson. I don't care. I don't care I won a GPP with him. He was 3500 at that point. But, at you, I mean, Darvish could easily walk 17 people this game. So, but it's just that the prices of these guys, like, be a belt at 3800 Just on a 15-game slate, why am I playing bats in San Francisco? You're not. That, that, that's the easiest way. Just... Well, no one else is. Maybe I should because no one else is. Uh, uh, sure you can uh, you know if you could play dylan covey i could stack this game sure you can it might not work out for either one of us so well, maybe i'll stack the game with dylan covey and make there sure i go. completely lose i don't could you even do that like you'd probably have like five thousand dollars left over no no i'll have even more because i'm gonna play a jeff mathis one-off <laughs> um texas at seattle um Pedro Payano against Eric Swanson, who will open for Tommy Malone. Um, any interest in Payano? I would if he was in the player pool. Oh, is he not in the player pool? I, I don't believe so in DraftKings. When I do my research, I don't look at any of the pricing until until I do the podcast. Usually, I'm not. I mean, I mean, I have listed here Mike Miner, but I, I I heard that it's going to be that guy. Yeah. It does not look like he's in the player pool. I don't. I just. I hit type search and I, he doesn't come up. So, yeah. I, honestly, I would really have some interest. This guy has really, really solid strikeout stuff in AAA this season. Um, he's only pitched an inning, I think, in tri in Major League Baseball. Um, yeah. I don't know if he's available on like Yahoo or Fanduel or anything, but he's a twenty-seven percent K rate with a fourteen and a half percent swinging strike rate in the minors this season, facing a Seattle team that strikes out a ton. So um, he does walk a ton of people. So it's very boomer bust if he's available anywhere. Um, any interest in Tommy Malone? I mean, I have to have interest in a lefty against the Rangers, right? Outside of Texas. 
I mean, it's what is he 7,600? I mean, he's in that same price range as Archer or Vargas or something like that. Uh, I mean, I don't, I never find him to be all that appealing. I think there's more downside to him than upside, but the matchup against the strikeout heavy Rangers, I, I mean, I got to have some interest in him. Kind of goes back to the argument that we were talking about, um, for me anyway, as it's like he kind of is in that same price, price range as like, um, Keichel. Like he, he reminds, like he, he feels like he's the same type of pitcher as Keichel too. Like 15 to 20, Marco Gonzalez put up 20 on Monday. Like, 15 to 20, probably in that range. That's probably what you're going to get here. Like, I, I just don't see a ton of upside, but, you know, there's there's plenty of downside. So, this range stinks. This price range stinks today. I'll be honest. Like, I don't like Rorick. I don't like Fires. I don't really like Cole or any of these, like, you know, Angels pitchers. Like, it's one of the reasons that we were making an argument for Chris Archer and why, you know, like Kyle Gibson stinks. Probably not playing Kentai Maeda, not playing Wade Miley, not playing Torinos. Like, you know, this price range just stinks today. Um, Texas Bats, anybody standing out to you here for Texas? These guys are too expensive. I mean, 5200 for Danny Santana. Gallo's 4900 Pence is 5100 I mean, typically I'm, I would want the righties, but who who am I? T- to me, the most appealing guy is Jeff Mathis because he's 22000 But it's not like I want to play Jeff Mathis. It's just that... Okay, if I don't care about my catcher, why not? But truthfully, that's the most appealing guy in this lineup. Yep, don't hand him a boy. Um, 2K, walk, get a walk. That's fine. I do like Joey Gallo. I I think he's a very contrarian tournament play. Tommy Malone generates very, very, very little soft contact to lefties. And he does strike out a lot of lefties. So this is a very home run or strikeout type matchup for Gallo. But if he if he makes contact here, it's gonna be hard. Like you're gonna get a barrel alert if, for Gallo if he makes contact here. So I never hate looking at something like that for tournaments. Um, as far as the Seattle bats go, I don't really know what to expect here. Like it's he's gonna be making his first ever career start. He has decent strikeout stuff, but he gives up a ton of walks. He just doesn't give up a ton of home runs. So I just. I don't know what to do with Seattle. I think if I'm playing Seattle, I would stack them, and that's the way that I would approach them. Right, but then now they're now they're all priced up. I mean, before this past week, Seattle was like you could get them all for like under 4K, but now like Narvaez is 4,800, Vogelback's 4,600. I mean, to me, the most appealing guys in this lineup are J.P. Crawford at shortstop for 3,900, or even Kyle Seeger for 3,300 at third base. But it's gonna make it's gonna be a tough case for me to stack Seattle over other teams on this slate outside of the fact that we have a unknown entity pitching and you know, it, it, it could be horrific and the Seattle stack is going to be like 1% owned. Yeah. And so what I'm reading here on him is he's going to be an, like it's an opener situation for Texas is what I'm reading on MLB. Um, is he the opener? Or no, he he's going to be the bulk guy, but they're saying like probably three to five innings. So good thing he's on the player pool. That's all I'm saying. He is in the player pool on Fandle. Um, Angels, Dodgers, Battle of L.A., Felix Pena, Kenta Maeda. Um, any interest in either one of these pitchers? Uh, no, because I I don't target 
righties against the lefties in the Dodgers lineup. And Maeda is, is not the pitcher that he was even earlier in this season. Yeah. Like I don't like the stack against Kenta Maeda. He's a dude that just doesn't give up any hard contact to righties. Like he has a negative hard, negative 6% hard to soft contact ratio against righties. But you know, I just, I don't think I can pull the trigger on him here. It's it's a pitch count thing with Maeda too. Like he's just never a guy that's going to pitch deep in the game. So, right. The um, angel the angels also don't strike out much. So like you you get yeah. the downside in both ways. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. All right. Um. Angels bats. Anything standing out to you here? Yeah. I mean, you could always play Trout. I mean, that's <laughs> Trout. Is, Trout is matchup proof. So you could always the fifty eight hundred. Feel free if you want. I'm uh, more likely to try like Upton or Calhoun or something. But I mean, I typically don't target against my even though I don't play him. So like as a last person in your lineup, I could see any of these guys. Yeah, it's probably not going to happen. But if Otani was somehow in the lineup, but them losing the DH, like he'd be the guy that I'd want to play. Um, but yeah, not going to probably happen. I highly doubt he plays the field. Uh, as far as the Dodgers go, they're the late hammer, right? Like, if you're winning a tournament, you're you're just fading the Dodgers here, going up against Felix Pena, who really struggles against lefties. Yo, yes. Uh, I mean, uh, to me, this is the low-owned Bellinger, low-owned Muncie. I mean, I always like Muncie because he's second-base eligible, 4,900. And I, I always like Bellinger on slates where people want to stack, you know, higher-priced people from other games. So, uh I mean, the stack the stack is t- a little bit tougher for uh, the Dodgers without using like a Corey Seager because we have out yeah Pollock, Ballinger, Verdugo. I know Peterson is first base eligible, but I try not to use him there because I'd rather pay play a one off from another game. But I mean, there the prices are reasonable for all these guys uh, against uh, not a good pitcher. Uh, I mean, Dodger Stadium isn't the greatest of hitting environments, but I mean, these guys get the ball out no matter what. So. As far as a late hammer, you know, I I have no problem with this whatsoever. But I think I'm more inclined to use these guys as one-offs than stack in this spot. Yeah, and, and Cole's number is screen regression too. So like, I, I don't even hate these guys against the opener either. Uh, let's play the morning grind game, and then we'll get out of here. Um, give me a guy under 8K to get six or more strikeouts. Guy under 8K to get six or more strikeouts. Oh boy, we got we got the garbage bin here. Who could possibly get six? I mean, I picked Zach Davis and he got zero, so I I got to do better than that. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go for the voodoo magic, Jason Vargas. All right, I'm actually shocked. I thought we were gonna take the same guy. Like I, I really thought you were gonna take Chris Archer. So oh, that would be I, the chalk guy. That would be the chalk. I I want to be interesting. Listen, I'll eat the chalk. That's fine with me. Okay. Um, um, give me a guy over 8K to score under 15. Who's your bust up towards the top? Yanni Chirinos. This is easy. I feel like he gets picked for this a lot. I write his name down a lot. Well, you could take Wade Miley. Um, no, I'm going to take Domingo Herman. Okay. I, I went chalk already. I can't take the other chalk guy. Um, over 4K to hit a home run. Don't have course. So don't have to worry about that. Give me a guy that bangs one out. Okay. Over 4K. Oh, Peter Lambert's horrible. I'm, I'm going to go with Juan Soto. All right. I'm going to take um, Renfro. Uh, give me a guy under 4K to get two hits. 
I'm going to take him before you can. Jeff Mathis. <laughs> Is that who really taking Mathis? Can, can we have a one? Can, can we do a special one today for under 3K to get to sure. it? Okay, then you take Jeff Mathis, and I'm going to... No, gonna, I want Zach Green. Oh, oh, if he's in the lineup. Right, well, we didn't talk about him when the Giants came, too. He's 3K starting. Uh, he's really, really good triple-A numbers if he's in the lineup. Oh, so you're going to play a bad in that game. I, I will. I, I lied. Well, it, when you're looking at the projected starting lineup, it says Pablo Sandoval, and that's probably who it would end up being. But if Zach Green does crack the lineup, he's 2K, and yes, I will play him. Okay. So I guess I have to pick under 3K, uh, Humberto Artiega. I'll play him too. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to take Zach Green. My other guy was Kipnis for the normal game. Um, give me a stack to score six or more. Marlins. That, I was right. very quick. I was very quick on that. I'll go. I already said my, my favorite stack today is Atlanta. I'm going to go with the Braves. Uh, Jordan, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Well, on Friday uh, at 2 o'clock Eastern, I will be doing a lineup HQ kind of tutorial show on uh, how to use some more of the advanced features and stack to make, uh, you know, 100 lineups, 20 lineups, and it'll be like a 45-minute show. So, uh, rotogrinders.com slash videos, and uh, it'll be it'll obviously be recorded uh, for premium members uh, if you happen to miss it, but definitely Come and the chat room will be open and you'll be able to ask me any questions on my process on using lineup HQ, which I do use every single day. All right. So if you want to check that out, that is on, you said Friday, right? Two right. o'clock Eastern um, this Friday. So make sure you're checking that out. I'll try to remember to tell everybody again on Thursday, but I'll probably forget. So Two o'clock, set your alarms. Tell Siri right now. Hopefully my phone doesn't go off now as I said her name. Um, that's going to wrap it up here for Tuesday. Appreciate you guys listening. We'll be back tomorrow talking some more baseball. Good luck in your contest, and we'll see you then.